welcome to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast, the podcast about healthcare relating to courts, with your host, Jeff Clayton, chiropractic physician. Hello, and welcome to the Forensic Chiropractor. Forensic Chiropractic is chiropractic relating to the courts. My podcast is about injuries that have the potential to go to court. I'm Jeff Clayton, chiropractic physician in Utah. I'm a board-certified independent medical examiner from the American Board of Independent Medical Examiners. I have extensive postgraduate training through chiropractic and medical schools, and you can always see my CV at ime-utah.com, and I've performed over 500 IMEs for both plaintiff and defense. Now, for the first three podcasts, I covered a lot of information on ligament damage. The second podcast in particular, I spent a lot of time talking about alteration of motion segment integrity, or AOMSI. That podcast shows how we can objectively show catastrophic ligament damage. As a refresher, AOMSI is when we have changes in the angle between the motion segments or the vertebrae in the spine of over 11 degrees. AOMSI is also when we have translation either forward or backward of the vertebrae by 3.5 millimeters or 20% of the vertebrae. Now, once we see AOMSI on the x-rays, we know there is catastrophic ligament damage. My first and third podcast discuss what this means to patients. For today's podcast, I want to cover ligament damage that is below the threshold for AOMSI, or what I like to call sub-catastrophic ligament damage. Today's study comes from the Spine Journal in 2001, titled, Characteristics of Sagittal Vertebral Alignment in Flexion Determined by Dynamic Radiographs of the Cervical Spine by Rui Mo Lin et al. With this study, they attempted to quantify the wide variation of normative values of changes in angular motion and translation in the cervical spine with flexion and extension x-rays. Or as they said, quote, to investigate the normal behavior of the cervical spine End quote. For this study, they found a population of patients whose spines qualified as normal. They included only patients who had never had pain that limited the patient's work or recreational activities or that caused them to seek medical help. They also excluded any patients that had x-rays showing kyphosis, scoliosis, spondylolisthesis, and fusion. They took this group of normal patients and took lateral x-rays in neutral, flexion, and extension. They then measured angular displacement and translation. Of note, they had 10 subjects that there was no data for C6-7. This was due to this level not being visible on x-rays. The lower cervical spine can be difficult to image in some patients due to their size. On a lateral view, the lower cervical spine is often at the level of the shoulders, making imaging difficult there. So in a lot of our studies on ligament damage, we won't see the bottom cervical spine. Now, this study was able to find normal levels for healthy populations of angular displacement and translation. They used each patient's x-rays as a baseline to measure off of. Given the stability of C23, they used this level as the baseline. This is different than the AOMSI study, which used adjacent levels as the baseline. This study uses C23 as the baseline since, quote, most of the trauma, degenerative changes, and instability occur in the lower cervical spine, end quote. Quote, 
When C23 was used as a baseline to calculate the intervertebral differences of angular displacement and translation in the flexion position, nearly all the intervertebral differences of angular displacement were less than 7 degrees and those of translation were less than 0.6 millimeters, end quote. They reported that they used self-comparison measurements given the wide variation in total flexibility in the population. This study is very simple, but very powerful. With the AOMSI study, we can objectively show catastrophic ligament damage. With today's study, we can objectively show evidence of ligament damage that places the patient outside of the normal, healthy cervical population. Patients that fit the criteria of today's study have a level of ligament damage that can objectively be shown to no longer fit within these healthy populations. As seen in the first three podcasts, ligament damage undergoes micro-tearing or complete tearing of ligaments. This study shows that the patients did not have complete tearing, but enough tearing to alter the spine out of what we see in the normal population. This type of ligament damage will, to an extent, qualify for all the changes covered in the first three podcasts. As a refresher, these damage as a refresher, this damage to ligaments will have horrible and incomplete healing. They will be replaced with inferior collagen, fat cells, blood vessels, and scar tissues. This inferior healed ligament will alter the mechanics of the spine, leading to degenerative bony changes. The reflexive control the ligaments have over muscles will, to an extent, be altered with this ligament damage. To recap today's study, we are talking about taking flexion and extension x-rays of the spine to assess for ligament damage, doing this objectively. If the x-rays do not show AOMSI with change in angular motion of 11 degrees compared to the adjacent segments or more, or 3.5 millimeters or 20% translation, then they do not have AOMSI or catastrophic ligament damage. Today's study can objectively show ligament damage, but not the catastrophic level, but at a level where the patient is no longer comparable to the healthy population. For change in angular displacement, this is done using only the flexion x-rays showing a displacement or a change of 7 degrees more at any level than their baseline of C23. Once we see angular displacement 7 degrees or more, from the baseline of C23, then we know we have damage to those ligaments. This is not seen on extension x-rays, just the flexion. Now, for translation, we use both flexion and extension x-rays. If we see translation of 0.6 millimeters more than our baseline of C23, then we know we have ligament damage and this patient no longer fits the normal population. These are simple measurements that can be done to objectively show if damage was done to the cervical spine. Now, we have a real treat today for our real-world example. I'm bringing in uh, a guest today. For the real-world example today, for the first time ever, I have a guest. I have uh, Melody Bateman, who was a massage therapist in my clinic, coming in. And hopefully, with your permission, you're okay if we go over some, some things from your injury. For sure. Okay. So I think it'd be nice if you started by telling us what the car accident was like and some of your experiences there. Yeah. So my car accident was in, uh, 2017. I was in, um, PTA school at the time and I was, uh, driving to a, 
uh, a new location and I, I was looking down at my GPS trying to figure out where I was and I ended up on some flex lanes. I don't know if you know what flex lanes are. I have no idea okay. what a flex lane is. <laughs> I didn't know until after after my wreck, but it, it's this road and there's um, a light over every single lane and the lights change uh, depending on the day and the flow of traffic. Um, Where was it, this at? This is in West Jordan. West Jordan. Okay. Yeah. It's just like okay. one random road in West Jordan. And it, it tells you if this lane is going um, westbound or if it's going eastbound. Um, and and the, the lanes will change depending on the day and, and the flow of traffic. Anyways, long story short, there's lots of lights. It's really confusing. I found myself on this road. I'm looking down at my GPS and... Um, what, what I remember from the accident is, um, going through a green light, um, to this day, I, I still remember seeing a green light. Um, and the, uh, there was a car that, um, came, was coming from the opposite direction, um, ran what I thought was a red light and I hit them. I T-boned them and, um, what I remember from that moment is it's kind of what everyone says where it's like everything slowed down and I kind of saw my life like flash before my eyes. And even though this happened in like two seconds, it felt like an eternity. Like I just remember everything slowing down and me hitting this car and, um, it was a pretty big wreck. Um, the car I hit ended up flipping a few times and, um, my car was completely totaled, um, and, um, and I got super, super bad whiplash from that. Um, at the time I, you know, I was really shaken up by lots of adrenaline and I, I didn't immediately feel any pain. Um, I was just, I don't know, trying to process what just happened. And, um, I was also a broke college student at the time. I didn't really know how insurance worked or anything. And, and so, and, and I was, you know, pretty active and healthy. And, and so I was like, Oh, it's not a big deal. Um, I'm also in physical therapist assistant school. So I'll just talk to some of my teachers. Um, I'll get some exercises. Um, probably not a big deal. And, um, stop me whenever you want. I'm just kind no, of keep going on the story, but, um, it wasn't until maybe a few months down the road, I, I kind of, I started to feel, um, pain in, in my upper back. And, um, I will say it, it was immediate that I, I kind of, my mobility felt limited. Um, at the time I was really active in the martial arts, um, and I was running and lifting weights and, um, I wasn't able to do a lot of the things that I normally could do in karate. I was at the time I was, um, I was learning how to do a backflip and, um, cause that's just something that I've always wanted to do. <laughs> so I learned how to do a backflip and, um, I was like walking on my hands and things. And, and after that wreck, I just didn't feel comfortable doing those things. Um, I saw practicing my backflip and which doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Um, but it, it was kind of devastating at the time because, I was excited to learn how to do backflip and I, karate was something that was important to me. And, um, but I wasn't too worried about it. I was like, it's fine. Like my, my back will get better. I think I was kind of in denial. Like I, I didn't want to admit that, that I was injured. Um, and so I just kind of stopped doing a lot of the things that I was doing. Um, and, and, and then it was like, 
I want to say like six ish months when, when I really started to feel pain in my upper back and it was constant, um, just all the time and it, it never went away. And I just kind of got to the point where I, uh, I just got used to it and I just was living with it. And, and still in the back of my head, I'm like, this won't last forever. It'll eventually go away. Um, even though I, I wasn't really doing anything specific for it. I just thought as long as I'm active and healthy, it'll eventually go away. And, um, anyways, fast forward to today, it's been, let's see, four, five, six, seven years. Um, and I, I still have issues with it. Um, and, um, with, I'm with massage. We mentioned that I did massage. Um, my back would kill me after every single shift leaning over the table. Um, I just recently had a baby and so I'm bent down picking up baby and, um, you know, clean up my house and, and, um, my back just always hurts at the end of the day. Um, and I can function just fine. And, and I'm, I'm back, I'm back running and, and lifting weights and, and it's fine, but it is just this constant pain all day, every day, uh, that, ne- that never really gets better. And when you say running, you've ran like hundred mile races since the accident. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That, that's a lot of running. So right. it hasn't, it hasn't disabled you, No, no. but it's affected you quite a bit. Yeah. What treatments have you done since the accident that have helped uh, well, f- first of all, coming to see you, um, seeing a chiropractor, that honestly has helped more than anything. Um, just, just getting things moving, getting that adjustment. Um, I feel like after every adjustment, I feel like I, I can go a week or so without, without as much pain. Um, and also I like, even right now, if I kind of like move my shoulders forward like this, I feel my back pop. Um, but after an adjustment, I can, for about a week, I can move my shoulders and there's no popping. Um, and it, it just, there's always this like kind of fear or anxiety in the back of my head. I don't like that my upper back pops. Um, I'm scared that I'm going to have like, I don't know, bad, bad posture as I get older. And, um, I know there's just something about like after adjustment and I, I'm not feeling those pops. I just feel like my body's put together and it, it, it's like a little load is, is taken off of me. Um, so that, that honestly is what help has helped the most. Um, massage has helped. Um, and, um, doing exercises has helped. I've, um, I know we've talked, um, and you've said, at this point, it's, it's really just pain management. Um, so I've, I have some things at home, um, like a little neck massager. Um, I bought a little like device on Amazon that is supposed to do like some cervical traction that helps. Um, so just a whole bunch of little odds and ends like that. But, but the big thing that has really helped is getting adjusted. Well, that's great. We were talking a few, maybe it was even a year or so ago when you were pregnant Mm -hmm. and we said it was probably time to get some x-rays and try to figure out what happened to your neck. Then we had to wait until you weren't pregnant and then we got x-rays and we've spent a little time going over them, but I'd like to go over them a little bit more with you today, if that's okay. That'd be great. um, One thing I'm not going to cover is there was a study that came out in the 70s that quantified x-rays for ligament damage, but not just minor ligament damage, but catastrophic complete failure of ligaments. And uh, we call that alteration of motion segment integrity, or we call it AOMSI. 
pretty big deal in the personal injury world showing you have significant injuries. What they do is they take motion x-rays like we did, flexion <laughs> extension, and then they see if the vertebrae, the angles have changed between the different levels. If they've changed by more than 11 degrees, then you have this catastrophic AOMSI, complete failure of ligaments. Or if one vertebrae has moved forward or backwards by 3.5 millimeters or 20% of the vertebrae, then you hit that AOMSI level. And I've talked about that in my podcast, and I am grateful to say you don't have that level of damage. So we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so not having this catastrophic complete failure of ligaments is, is great. But there was a study that I want to, <coughs> sorry, I went over earlier in the podcast, but I want to go over with you. This was published in the Spine Journal in 2001 um, by a lot of medical doctors um, and one PhD you know, researcher on that. And what they did, and we won't go over the whole article, but they took a group of people that had normal spines. And by normal, they meant they didn't have any kyphosis or they didn't have scoliosis and they never complained of neck pain, never disabled them from working or missing activities. They never saw a doctor. So as best they could, normal people, although we all maybe have something. Then they did these flexion extension x-rays like we did where your neck bends down and back. And then what they decided is we're gonna compare this group of normal compared to people with problems and see if you fit in normal or out of normal. So if you don't fit within this study, we can show that objectively on imaging, you've had injuries, you've had problems. And in the cervical spine, and they mentioned it in the study, C23 is a very stable segment. When I trained with a neuroradiologist in New York, we were doing MRIs, he said, you don't even have to look at C23. There's never a problem there. In my you know, oh. years of looking at it, you're not going to see a big problem there. Now, I think he might have been exaggerating. We always look there. But they use C23 as a baseline. So anything that altered in that change of angles or moving forward or backwards, the translation, anything that varied by a certain amount from C23 showed you were not in that normal population. And that's what they, that's what they, they came up with, right? So we're going to look at your x-rays. And I've, I've, got them, I've got them here. And what they, I'll show you here. This, this was your, your flexion x-ray where you flexed down and we took the x-ray. And I just measured angles. And the math might be boring, but it's interesting <laughs> to see here. This is the level. We measured the flexion angle. And then what is the difference between the level below and the level above? If any of those okay. hit 11 degrees, you have the AOMSI catastrophic failure, big deal. But as you can see, you didn't come anywhere near that. Now, the study we're talking to today, oh, okay. if any of these levels, these angles varied by more than seven degrees from C23, then you're not normal. You, you, oh, you've hit a okay. ligament damage that's not in, seen in the normal population. And so you had at these two levels, you had 7.37 and 11.98 degrees change from the baseline. Okay. So it's not catastrophic failure, but you those levels no longer fit. Normal. We don't see that kind of change in the normal population. So your mm -hmm. traumatic event, that car accident, caused enough damage that we can see your spine is not normal. Fortunately, it's not that catastrophic failure. Okay. Then we take the flexion x-rays and we measure how big the vertebrae is. 
And if there's any translation, if one slid forward or backwards, and we do that on your flexion and extension x-rays. And then we look at the math again. This is your flexion. These are the levels. This is the size of the vertebrae, how many millimeters translated, and the percentage. If any of those percents okay. hit 20, you have catastrophic AOMSI, big ligament damage. You didn't have that. Okay. Today's study, anything that varied by 0.6 millimeters from C23 would show you're out of the normal. So you have two levels there as well, 0 0.86, 0 0.87. That was on flexion. And then okay. we do the same thing for the extension. The how big the vertebrae are, how much translation, you didn't hit 20%, so no AOMSI, but every level on extension crossed the 0.6 millimeters mm. uh, compared to the baseline of C23. So you can have a copy of that, and Thank you can you. also, yeah. I can send you the actual images. Okay. But what this shows is your neck no longer fits in the normal population. You've had some event, which clearly is the car accident. I mean, mm -hmm. that's very obvious at this point, that altered the normal function of your spine and led to ligament damage. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, and that makes sense that uh, you show, so the extension, um, the... So the difference is in the red zone. Yeah, and that's For the difference based on your C23. Oh, okay. So we're comparing it to you, and we're comparing you to a study of normal people showing that there was oh, no normal okay. people in the study, not that you're not normal. There were no <laughs> cervical spines in the study of healthy cervical spines that you showed anything like, like this. this, meaning oh, okay. you don't fit there anymore. And that makes sense because that that is even to this day what hurts the most is extension of Extending my back. neck. Yeah, and and we've talked a little bit about this, but and I've talked about it in my podcast of what does this mean for you? And ligaments once they're damaged, the recovery process. I don't like to use the word healing because it makes it makes it gives you this idea that it healed and it got better. That makes but sense. But the recovery process sucks you get 20 to 30% of the elastic properties back in ligaments. They form like scar tissue. You lose mobility. You get a lot of fat cells, blood vessels. You get all these mm. components and you get weak inferior collagen. You don't even get all the types of collagen anymore. So you have structurally crappy ligaments when they heal. And then we talked a lot about the reflexive control of ligaments. Ligaments as we move, they get stretched and they reflexively control muscles, whether it's in your neck, back, feet, and they tell muscles when to activate and when to relax. So you lay in bed at night and you've lost some of that control for your ligaments to tell your muscles, hey, it's, it's relaxing time, take a break. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do that to an extent anymore. Then you get up and you do your activities and those ligaments don't activate muscles. And so it leads to a lot of muscular problems, similar to sprained ankles, how, oh, you just never have that stability anymore. And that's that's kind of what right. you're left at with your neck. Now, we can't show that it was complete failure, so you didn't lose all of it, but you've lost right. some of it, and you're kind of dealing with that. Yeah, and maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal because I still can function. I still can run my 100-mile races, but I feel like the best way I can describe it is it, it's like this leech that's just sucking my energy all day, every day. I, I always feel it. It's, it's always there. And, and I've learned to block it out. Um, but, but sometimes I, I just, 
I just wish so bad that that pain was gone, that I could just, that that little weight could be lifted off my shoulder and I didn't have to worry about it anymore. And, um, and also I just, I always worry about what's going to happen later down the road. Um, as I, you know, start to get more arthritis and how is that going to affect me in the future? So anyways, yeah, they, the studies have shown that this alters the function of your spine will lead to arthritis. But there was a big study, and I went over that on one of my first three podcasts that talked about, they called this, they called treatment for a neck like yours, mm-hmm. the search for the Holy Grail. Like, how do we help this person? Oh. What, what options do they have? And they went over surgery and diet and injections and putting a collar on and immobilizing the neck and so many things. And the only treatment they found effective at managing it was increasing movement of the affected joint which is Mm. chiropractic. It's your exercising. It could be physical therapy. It could be a lot of different things, but you exercising and moving is crucial for, for the management. It doesn't cure. It doesn't restore the reflexive control. It doesn't restore the proper collagen, but it, but it does help manage it. And because you're active, if you look at your x-rays, there's not a lot of arthritis. I don't see any degeneration or arthritis and it's been a long time i would definitely expect to see that this this many years later but i don't see that i think it's because you're active and and you know you you are a massage therapist you get massages you come see a chiropractor you 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 do i think you're doing the right things awesome but for for the purpose of this podcast it's important for the attorneys listening and if hopefully there's some insurance adjusters listening, but I, I don't, <laughs> I don't expect that. But to understand that injuries like this affect people, and they do it for a long time. And hearing your story is very, I don't know. I was going to say encouraging. It's not encouraging. It's very horrifying to think <laughs> right. that these injuries exist and that people have to live with that. Right. I I definitely will say I still am traumatized, and driving is the scariest thing in the world to me still, <laughs> especially driving in the snow. And anyways, that's another another thing. But well, well, I guess it's not because I feel like the the like mental or like the mental damage that that it takes too. I feel like that's something to take in consideration, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that that makes me feel better. Um, I also. Um, I started working with a trainer recently and have started lifting heavier weights and that has, that has made a really, really big difference too. So anyways, that, that makes me feel better that I, that you think I'm doing the right thing. So (laughs) keep, keep the neck moving, keep active. And eventually the ligaments that are still good and the communication that's still there, they, the body's adaptive. It'll find ways to start communicating with muscles. People that sprain their ankles can do rehab and balance exercises and the body what's left of ligaments and what's there they it's adaptive it'll it'll respond it'll it'll work itself out but and i don't want this to be doom and gloom for you like i'm always going to have this problem but i hope at least this gives you some answers as to what's happened the last few years yeah no no it really does like i said i i was in denial for a long time and i was like no no i just didn't want to admit that I damaged my neck and that's going to be like this forever, you know, but so, so this is nice to to see the x-rays and to see the proof and to see like, okay, like stuff, stuff has happened, but, um, but I've been able to function and, and obviously I'm doing way better than when the wreck first happened. And, um, and you've made me feel like, okay, there's things that I can do and I'm not just going to be like debilitated for the rest of my life. So awesome. (laughs) 
Now, I know most of the attorneys out there want to run a 100-mile race. I know they want to do oh, that. Oh, I bet. And I know Melody has a podcast, and I don't know if it's specific to 100-mile races or just running, but why don't you share your podcast um, where people can find you and stuff? Yeah, for sure. So our podcast is called Trail to 100. My husband and I do it together. Um, it is a podcast to help someone finish their first 100-mile race. Uh, so that is mainly what it's geared, geared towards. Um and if you wanted to reach out uh, for any reason, uh, you could reach out on our Instagram, just at trail to 100. Trail to 100. Yeah. Okay. How long did it take to do a hundred mile race? So it took us 40 hours, which is pretty slow for a hundred mile race. Uh, I'd say that the average 100 mile race is probably somewhere between, I mean, this is kind of a big range, but like 24 to 36 hours. So our, we are pretty slow on our first one, but, but as we've done more hundred mile races, we're, we're getting our speed down and, or speed up getting right. our time down. So I think yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I I've ran two marathons and it's been a while before <laughs> I had kids when I had a lot yeah. more time Yeah, and I couldn't move after the finish <laughs> yeah. line and that's only a quarter of the way basically. So I, that's really impressive. But. It's fun. It definitely is um, a different kind of sore after, after a hundred mile race for sure. But, yeah. but we love it. It's lots of fun. <laughs> well, Melody, thanks so much for sharing your story and coming on and Trail to 100. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay, we'll give her a listen there. Thanks. Sweet. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast. Dr. Clayton can be found online at ime-utah.com. Theme song is Three Fishers by the band Aggregate. Three corpses lay out on the shining sand. In the morning, green as a tide.